NPR Network. We are back for the last Supergirl Super Tuesday before the big crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. I am Shanna. I'm here with the doctor. Hey, where we got that lukewarm milk toast throwback to the original crossover add in. I'm not happy. I am not pleased. We will talk about that at the end. Um, But we are here to talk about season five uh, episode. What is this? Six? Um, Oh, what was eight? Eight? Jesus, I'm so tired. (laughs) I was like, how many episodes have we had so far? Um, The Wrath of Ramakan. We still got to talk about this name and this very white man playing this game. (laughs) Because <laughs> I still feel away. I love the actor. Hate the name. I wonder um, if Mitch feels away. <laughs> like, uh, guys, I don't think this is cool. <laughs> um, but we are like very quickly wrapping all of this up and you know, getting ready for the crossover, throwing a little stinger um at the end. And I don't know what the hell that means. I'm not watching The Flash, goddammit. Explain shit. I will explain at the end. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I will say that I appreciated is that we did see at the end of last season, the person who let Malefic out of the Phantom Zone was uh, the Monitor. So I appreciate that because that was like at the end of last season, they did stingers for each of the um, shows that were already on to kind of set up Crisis on Infinite Earth. So I appreciated that we came back to it. And I also like that, even though we know like Supergirl is going to be involved and like all the heroes from the shows, I appreciate that John is the one that the monitor was actually testing and wanted to make sure that he was ready for whatever is coming um, because that's what's. Uh, we have found that's been happening on each of the other shows. Um, So with Oliver, his whole season has been about these missions that the monitor has sent him on to test him. What we found out last, last episode to test him. Um, And same thing with Barry, this whole season, like the monitor has basically been preparing him. Um, So I appreciated that to, to know that all of the stuff that's been happening with John is actually because I was like, th- there is absolutely no freaking connection to what's been going on. There still <laughs> isn't. And so now, having seen Flash and Arrow from last week, and knowing like the monitor has been like testing certain people to make sure that they're ready for crisis, and that they connected it with John, because I was like, like Supergirl's thing has been a totally different thing. <laughs> But then I was like, uh, when he said you know it, they were preparing her and they've been preparing him. Yeah. And, and I like that because we did see at the end of the last season, it was the monitor that let Malefect out. So it made sense that that was how they connected it. So I was like, okay, I, I see, I see what you did. It's still, nah. it's still really frustrating we- because I think one We've talked about this, I think, except for the crossover where they went to Earth X and, mm-hmm. um, and, and we got the alternate Supergirl and Arrow who were like in love with each other, which was hella weird. I forgot about that. I, think, <laughs> I know. I think, yeah, they had no chemistry, chemistry going they on. They did. It was very cute. Um, I think 
aside from that one, we haven't always integrated Supergirl well into these crossovers. So, again, I know Supergirl is the first episode of the crossover. I'm glad they connected it through John and not through Supergirl because her storyline has been totally separate from everything that's happening. Um, I'm just, I, I want to make sure it's like... You know, like really well thought out and really, really fits because like basically Flash and Arrow this whole season have been like, it's like they've had one writer's room the way they're hmm. running kind of parallel right now. Hmm. So other than that, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> I liked it. Um, I like that they stayed true to care trying to save a girl through the power of love. <laughs> and I wasn't... I liked when Alex came through with that hot fire, them hot bars, that hot truth. <laughs> Here's the thing. While Alex may have been correct about, although Kara is like beating herself up over what happened with Lena. Yes, Alex is correct. Lena has often given, because we talked about this at the beginning of the season, for somebody who says she's not a villain, last season she was all like, I can make people into to superheroes and let me just inject some stuff into some people like we definitely talked about how lena has done shady shit so yes her morals are questionable but alex really did go on some full police brutality patty stuff by the end of the episode <laughs> like the way she was like she's like kill them all blow everybody up <laughs> it's two things that came to mind first uh batflet from <laughs> Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> he's like, if he's, a, I forget the quote, I have to take it as an absolute certainty. And then um, Rod and Karen were talking about, no, it wasn't Rod and Karen. I apologize. It was Rod and Bossy, because they were talking about, um, <laughs> strangely enough, on their Queen and Slim uh, review. Uh, how the, how the ending kind of brought to mind what happened to Charles Dorner. Do you remember him? Mm-mm. He's the black guy who went on that shooting rampage, killed a bunch of folks. Oh. They, they sent the drone in to blow him the fuck up. The the sniper rifle guy? Yeah. yeah. And then they sent a drone where he in the cabin where he was staying and blew him up, basically. I, I didn't know how that ended. I just knew that they got yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. They send in the drone. So that whole thing kind of reminded me of that a little bit. But we're going to get there because we're going to talk this through because I got that clip. Do you you want to just play the clip? You're so excited about this clip. Oh, my God. I was just going to point out the the text messages that I got about this clip. (laughs) Because it wasn't just her experiment last season. It's been since Lena's been on the show. But let Alex tell it. Let me know if you can hear this. Can you hear this? Over and over again, I made her believe that. Could you hear that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got turned. That was kind of loud. <laughs> okay. I was the best friend who would never, ever hurt her. And then she finds out the most horrible way that our entire friendship was based on lies. Like you were damned either way, Kara. Your choice to conceal your identity, it wasn't born out of a place of maliciousness. It was born out of love and compassion. You were just trying to protect your family. And you were trying Lena from people who could use that information to hurt us. Look, I love Lena too. 
I am deeply upset by what is going on. This, it, this isn't just two friends that are in a fight. This is someone who has turned a corner. This is not her. This is not Arlena. Well, who is Arlena? She knew that Lex was out of prison and she said nothing. She kept Sam Arias locked in, in a sub-basement at L Corp knowing that she was Rain and she said nothing. She knows how to make kryptonite. She kept that hidden from us. Lena is leading her own double life. You're making yourself. Maybe that's because she is one. Mm. Mm. We can't put our faith in some distant hope that she's going to do the right thing. And when every single action that she has taken up until now points to the contrary. Listen to that ether. Where is the last thing? Where is it? <laughs> I, you know, look. She broke that shit down. It, it, it's forever broken. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm. I'm not saying uh, that she's not right about those specific times, but not every single action. And I do understand. Um. I do understand the, like, Lena's thing is, like, she spent so much time with her guard up and and constantly feeling that she had to prove herself. And then to find out that not only her friends were lying to her, but, like, she was the last one to know. It feels like she was just constantly proving herself and nobody ever believed her. So, you know, it's like kind of that, like, you know, you're going to treat me like a villain. I'm going to act like a villain. Nah, sis. Nah. 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 Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> because for as much shit as they hid from her, she was hiding equals, equally amounts of damaging shit from them. And it took Alex breaking that down for, now fuck that. She wrong. Get her. Get her. <laughs> 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 uh you're the worst <laughs> I, am currently, I, am currently I am currently that g- gif of elmo standing in front of the fire <laughs> the worst. and then i'm sorry but i like again i get it because when she says to john or to brainy i can't remember who she alex says it to she's like Malefic uh, did all these things. He took over Kelly's mind, like all these kinds of things. I'm not saying Alex doesn't have a point, but like also just the way she was just like, blow it all up. (laughs) (laughs) My God, Alex. We have determined that all these kids are in need of some serious fucking therapy and they haven't gotten it. So I'm just saying. Like, and of course, like the exact percentage. (laughs) <laughs> needed to overtake Lena's Q waves are the percentage that the inhibitors block Malefic's Q waves. <laughs> I was like, of course. <laughs> because of course. It wasn't even like if we turn off the inhibitors, you know, we'll, we'll be able to max out his powers and Lena's won't stand a chance. It's like, if we turn off the inhibitors, it'll give us the exact percentage <laughs> that we need to overtake. I was like, this fucking show. 
<laughs> so what's funny is um, DC I, or Forbes put out this article that was basically like, DC still unsure what to do uh, with the Superman character in the films. Uh, and- I saw people <laughs> shit behind that you know, on Twitter. Like, basically, every single answer was like, um, I don't know how we can take this story about an immigrant who fights against billionaires and Nazis and make that relevant for our times. <laughs> like- Someone stares directly into the camera. <laughs> I know. But... My favorite part was that I saw a few people in the comments being like, um, Supergirl does it every fucking week. <laughs> like, <laughs> Supergirl manages to do these topics. And and then and somebody was like, and I really love the earnestness with which they do it. Like, it really is all about the power of goodness and hope. <laughs> and it's so comic booky and so corny, but in the best way. And I was like, man, yeah, like, of course, Supergirl. Like, it's just, this show is so that. <laughs> Where it's like, I tell you, it, you know what it is? You can't have a girl doing it. That's really what it all comes down to. It don't matter unless the guy is doing it and they can't figure out what to do with the guy. Even though they have, you know what? They are not well-produced films. We did this. Look. If you wait, let me finish. Let me finish. We we talked about this on Premium. It was me. It was Chris. Who else? I think Deepon was in there. We talked about the 70s uh, Superman movies. They're not good movies. They're not well done movies. But there's some stories. I mean, there's some like MacGuffins and some bullshit. And there's like, come on, son. But there are some good material in there, too, in terms of how Superman himself is portrayed that they could take a, a step from. Yeah, I'm just my whole thing is if Supergirl can do it over 22, 23, 24 episodes, y'all can make a two hour movie. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, I know some people say, like, the great thing about TV as medium right now is you have the ability to tell these long form stories and really connect with the characters and blah, 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 blah. But a good two-hour movie, you can do the same shit. And the fact that they can spread a story over 20-plus hours, but they can't figure out what to do with Superman in a two-hour film makes no sense to me it's because they i don't know why they are so married to Zack snyder's vision when snacks snacks Zack snyder's (laughs) (laughs) oh i know right when Zack snyder's vision has not proven to be profitable and that's no shade and that's not me shitting on Zack snyder but that's just the truth they have not been able to make the inroads into the universe they want to create with Zack Snyder at the helm. So then go in a different fucking direction. But they don't want to let it go for whatever reason. And I'm also going to say this. You know who did it? Shazam. Shazam was absolutely adorable. It was absolutely adorable, earnest, comic booky, all of the things. You know what's sad about that? Everyone agrees on that. But at the same time, everyone also acknowledges it was their lowest budget performer. Mm-hmm. And and Which, and it's because people actively they, worked against it. Like, and by people, I mean the DC fans who say that they want to see this content on the big screen, but apparently only want to see it if it's like edgy and dude broy and incelly and all these other things. Ellie. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Because otherwise, it's not the manly superheroes they grew up with. I'm like, 
Superman did they didn't watch the original Superman because he wasn't either, but it was a good show. My thing is this. Sometimes you just gotta break even. Start with breaking even. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, they've been breaking even. They've been getting their money back. You want the billion billion dollar hits. You ain't on Marvel's level yet. You don't have the patience or the fortitude or the desire to really sit down, delve into your material and play the long game. Okay. You don't want to play you don't want to play the long game? That's fine. Play a short game. Start you're not not That was lightning. I'm going to say it. Marvel's success it I'm when I say it's lightning in a bottle, I'm not saying that they didn't put the work in. But at the same time, it was a perfect storm of people who were committed combined with a group of fans who were sick of half-ass bullshit wanting to see some genuine thought and effort put into their franchise. Start there. Their first Iron Man, the original Iron Man, did not make a billion dollars. They didn't start seeing billion-dollar hits until very recently. And yet, for some reason, DC thinks it can just jump in and start making billion-dollar hits immediately, and if it doesn't hit a billion dollars, it's a failure. That's not true. But I think it's... I don't think it's about the money, to be quite honest. Um, cause they're making the money on the J- Joker made a billion or almost a billion or something like that. They're making mm-hmm. the money. So I don't think, and what's funny is they're always going to make the money because outside of Spider-Man, they have the biggest name characters that are out there. Yeah. So people are going to come because it's Wonder Woman, because it's Batman, because it's Superman. People are going to come. So to me, it's not even about breaking even. To me, really what the issue is, is that they have decided that it is just about the money and that people are going to come out because we have the names. So they don't care about good storytelling. And so what happens is these movies come out, they make the money because, again, they're going to. And then it's time to make another one or, you know, critics and fans who aren't DC stands like pan the movie and they're like, well, what do we do for the next one? We're going to completely change course and maybe they'll like this, like, they don't ever think to themselves, like, maybe if we just give them a good story. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, like, to me, that was, like, what was great about Shazam was that it was a good story. I totally connected with it. Diverse cast. All these things. And they were like, well, this one didn't make the money. And it's like, to me, that's like you're making a movie about you're Captain Marvel slash Shazam, who most people don't even know about, and you're expecting it to make Superman money. Why? <laughs> like, like, why would you even put that in the same category? And also, the only reason Aquaman made that money was because you had, one, Jason Momoa, and two, you had already introduced him in your Justice League movie. And three... You sent that shit to China and the Pacific Islanders that Southeast, the East Asia and the Southeast Asian region will come out for Jason fucking Momoa. Mm-hmm. So it's like, imagine if they had done an Aquaman movie before they did a Justice League movie. People would have, <laughs> it would have got the same exact reception Shazam did. Mm-hmm. And they would have been screwed. They would, they would not be talking about making a fucking trench movie. 
Again, I don't know why they think anybody is going to see anything Aquaman related that does not have Jason Momoa shirtless. <laughs> that is, I, like, you know, it's just like, I feel very like Marshawn Lynch. Like, you already know why I'm here. Like, <laughs> for Jason Momoa shirtless, why are we playing these games? <laughs> Give me what I want and I'll go away. Exactly. Um, so, moving on. Uh, <laughs> this is a little. DC rant. Um, yes. So <laughs> my favorite thing is Brainy and, and Alex showing up to the fortress to realize that Lena has set every single thing in the fortress to turn on Kara. Well, you know what we talked about? I forgot to bring that up during our last podcast. Like, you're, you, you're, you called your sister to come help you out. And then... I feel like that was a continuity thing because she took her ass home yes. and talked to Kelly and snuggled up to Kelly. And then I guess she was laying there. was like, oh, fuck, we forgot to go check on Kara. Kara did ask me to come by the house. She had asked because she was locked out and I was supposed to bring her her keys. Damn it. They showed up and it was really like... What happened? What happened? (laughs) And completely stunned. (laughs) Like they were like, "Why? She just turned on you? Damn!" (laughs) You hate to see it. You hate hate to to see see it. it. (laughs) Hate to see it. (laughs) We ain't shit. (laughs) But I love. So also, Lena. Okay. Oh, so I think we've talked about this already. Hope slash Eve in real life is pregnant. Oh God, she is. <laughs> and so they have pregnant. been unconvincingly covering her baby bump all season. <laughs> oh God. baby girl is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that it ended with Lena, which even if this was the case, I can't believe they didn't arrest Lena as well. <laughs> it ends with <laughs> Lena. Oh. I know they, the DEO told you she ain't shit. Get her, get her. I was like, I don't care. She's holding a gun to Lena's head. We taking both of y'all in for questioning. I'm like, what are you doing? So, Look, that's that privilege. But basically, <laughs> the way they ended it was Lena getting away with it because Hope pretends that she's Eve and she's taking Lena hostage and forced her to do these things, which is also their way of saying, okay, it's about time for her to have this baby. So we need to give her some time off. She's gonna be in jail for the rest of the season. I was like, good job, writers. <laughs> oh, so my second favorite part, because basically all my favorite parts of this season have involved Lena and pettiness. <laughs> my, my second favorite part of the season Jesus. is when they're trying to figure out when Lena's trying to figure out how to like launch the myriad and you know it's like oh are we gonna be able to do it oh we need to move the satellites and you know but what if Supergirl is attacking us and, da, 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 da. and she's like Hope I don't want you to go out there I don't want you to be unsafe you're my only friend <laughs> and Hope is like but I'm not your friend <laughs> Someone you use, I'm just someone you created to serve your purpose. I like, well, goddamn. 
When I tell you, I had to pause, laugh, and rewind. <laughs> the look on Lena's face was like, um, you know. She was hurt. Okay. She was hurt. <laughs> she was hurt. You saw the hurt in her face. She was hurt. Because that's the thing. As much as Lena, and even in our the whole flashback of like uh, Andrea betraying her and her and Cara becoming friends, like Lena is that girl on America's Next Top Model who shows up in the house and is like, "I'm not here to make friends," <laughs> and like immediately <laughs> makes a best friend that she has to betray. <laughs> 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 she was so like when I tell you she was um what's his name um with that episode of Simpsons where Lisa breaks Ralph's heart <laughs> like like you can literally <laughs> rewind the moment and see when Lena's whole heart breaks dang I'm like girl this is the life you wanted she said look <laughs> Lena said no new friends and Hope took that to heart. And then she mm-hmm. got her feelings hurt. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Like, as hard as Lena acts, she she can't live a life without people. She's mm. tried. She she desperately wants friends. She desperately wants to be accepted. I mean, again, hurt people hurt people. That's the whole reason we're currently where we are, is because mm-hmm her feelings are hurt. She thought she was accepted into this group and finding out that everyone knew about Kara's secret except her made it just like, oh, I was never accepted. And now I got to blow everything up. (laughs) Seriously, she acting like the whole goddamn city knew. Come on, girl. (laughs) And you done way worse dirt. Some they know about. A lot they don't, <laughs> Adam. <laughs> um. It's it's just hilarious to me because basically her friends hurt her feelings and she decided people will never, ever hurt people again. <laughs> like that was her way of dealing with that pain. Uh, and frankly, I, f- I think it's adorable. <laughs> no, she's a goddamn mess. <laughs> it is adorably petty and I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Malefic and John are best buddies now. He's on the side. (laughs) That was such a bullshit resolution. I wouldn't even allow it had Malefic done what he did and then turned on him immediately. That was some bullshit. I look, I'm not going to lie. When they turned off those inhibitors, I did expect Malefic to pull a little, little, little something at the end. Little, little. Little <laughs> that would work for me. That would work. What we got did not work for me. You know what? I'll take it because clearly they were like, "Okay, chop chop, we got to wrap this up and get ready for crisis. <laughs> we got to make this shit connect." <laughs> we can. We about to blow all our budget on these guest stars. We can only get <laughs> Phil <laughs> Phil Lamar for this one more episode. <laughs> We gotta wrap this shit up. All I know is Dean Kane's old fucked up ass and not show up. I know that goddamn much. Oh no, no. There's too many good people showing up to who probably don't want to work with. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, shame what they did to that dog. Um <laughs> 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 
But, you know, the other thing I really appreciated is while they did have to, like, wrap up the whole Malefic thing and get that tightened up for Crisis, I appreciate that the Leviathan thing, because I was kind of like, ooh, are we just going to just act like Leviathan is just done? And, you know, like, can we keep this going on for the rest of the season? But I really like how they kind of gave it a nice little bit of closure for this part of the season. And you can see, like, they're going to continue to be a problem. And that Leviathan, because what I always thought was interesting is it it, it felt like everyone who is part of that is, like, a unit. And yeah. to see the cracks within their organization is is pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm liking it. Because, mm-hmm. like... And I- I said it's giving me um, American Gods vibes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially now that Andrea realizes that that power wasn't given to her by mm-hmm. Leviathan. Like she's not beholden to them in order to access that power. So that'll be really interesting because Homegirl is hurt. She is like, oh, this power is mine. I don't have to depend on you for it. And Mm -hmm. this is the thing that y'all made me kill the love of my life for? Yeah. Oh, no. It's going to be full on revenge for the second half of the season, and I am here for it. Looking for revenge. I don't know how that song goes, but yeah. (laughs) I'm going to act like you didn't do that. So yeah, I am I am super excited to see Andrea come back and just and and also you got um yeah, it is very American gods in the sense that you have like shadow powers, earth powers. Like you think they will all be like, you know, avatar or whatever, but then there's technology. Chicken <laughs> charge wanted to lean into the tech. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, so I'm interested to see like because we haven't seen how her powers manifest or work, really. We just mm-hmm. know that she's been scheming to take over from Homeboy. Also, how look, I, again, besides my issue with him taking on this very Indian name, this white man, um, like, your whole, like, solution to everything is extinction-level events. Like, you just show up every couple centuries, and you're like... Humanity's gone too far. <laughs> Extinction level event. I'm just blowing this whole shit up. Sorry. I mean, it worked for the Judeo. Did it, it was supposed? It supposedly worked for the Judeo Christian God. So, I mean. well, now I mean, I'm sure. Look, he's the whole reason Noah had to build that ark. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> you you muted yourself. I had to call. um yeah so i'm very interested to see how technology um how her powers manifest especially if if she's smart and she really uses what like she if she is able to manipulate andrea into working with her instead of working against her because given Andrea's like reach with the, um, I keep wanting to call it an Oculus, 
uh, Obsidian, <laughs> giving, given her reach with Obsidian and this uh, person's power as some sort of technology god, that could be really interesting if the two of them team up rather than Andrea trying to fight against her. I don't think she'll fight against her because the company Obsidian going well is linked to her father's legacy. Yeah. And I think, too, it's, you know, I I could see Andrea coming in, like, coming in hot and just wanting to destroy Leviathan. But if this woman is smart, she'll play it and and find a way to manipulate Andrea to working with her instead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that should be really interesting in the second half of the season. Um, Ugh. Every time they, they flash back to um, homeboy Russell, I get really upset. I'm like, <laughs> can we keep him? He's so fine. Like, I feel like Andrea, like, <laughs> like I'm legit hurt that <laughs> he won't be around for the rest of the season. Did you bust into some Whitney Houston? I was like, didn't we almost have it all? <laughs> <laughs> I know that people are like, we did not come here to listen to the two of you sing. <laughs> look, no one asked look, for this. When Moji and I were talking about the Mandalorian, she said, call Empire and that old Empire carpet commercial from my childhood came to <laughs> mind at 588 to 300 and Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that jam. <laughs> that ditty. <laughs> That and 777-9311, These are all yeah. numbers from our childhood that we'll have, we will know on our deathbeds. <laughs> and Alzheimer's, we will still know those goddamn numbers. I know, like, in, like, in my brain, I know, like, three people's actual phone numbers. And that's only because they have the same phone number that they've had since I had to memorize numbers. <laughs> And then all the rest of the phone numbers I know are now all related to commercial jingles. <laughs> um, and we're just, you know, that just goes to show you our age. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We need to take a break. And when we come back, we will get into the feedback. All right. <laughs> okay. Y'all just miss me fussing at this girl trying to go into work. She's full of shit. Anyway, feedback. Look, look, you just missed her trying to to tell me that I don't need to make a living. Okay. You don't don't sit your ass in the goddamn bed. God, I will get on a plane. She says while feverish. (laughs) I'm literally sweating right now. So Felix, our Doctor Who Sheffield correspondent, writes Hi, y'all. Felix here. I know it's been a while, but I've just gotten caught up on the show and the podcast again. Between binging The Expanse multiple times and starting the books, watching the new season of The Crown, such delicious royal drama, which we will be covering when I get my shit together to watch it, and being on the edge of my seat during Watchmen every week, I can't say this season has gone in a direction I find entertaining. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, there's good stuff in here, but last season had such good villains and side plots. Maybe it'll get better in the latter half, but man, I was so bored during any scenes that didn't have extremely attractive to me now, villain Lena plus Kara and Brainy. 
which is kind of wild because I thought I'd be excited about certain plot lines, but then they just kind of went out with a whimper over the extremely attractive, or like with extremely attractive Russell Rogers. How do you kill off a man that gorgeous? Yes. Thank you, Felix. You You have hit the nail on the head. Also, while I don't agree completely, I will say that my favorite scenes are also with villain Lena because she is the epitome of petty and I personally (laughs) relate. (laughs) She does all the petty things I wish I could do (laughs) in Uh, life. uh, um, The petty things that you can only get away with if you are a rich white woman. <laughs> I am so vexed they didn't cast him as William instead of the wet mo- <laughs> the wet mo- <laughs> sorry if they would have just switched that Russell and William <laughs> casting I'm sorry he keeps calling it a wet mop and I can't stop laughing at that. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> We have to deal with. Feels like when Doctor Who wasted Sam Anderson all over again. Still seriously salty about that whole season. Yeah, you're not wrong. I liked how Jimmy went out though. I was like, so, literally like, I don't know anything about Doctor Who. I will look these things up. <laughs> you, you, you. What's that word? It's not heathen. What's the word? Extremely lovely? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up with it. Learning and like- wise. <laughs> <laughs> We're never gonna finish this podcast. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> we're going to see each other over the holidays. And I am so excited for how ridiculous we're going to be. Ben's going to put in his headphones, just be shaking his head like, I can't believe I agreed to come up here with her. <laughs> I liked how Jimmy went out, though. Felt pretty in line with his character at his best and with a chance for Makad to come back. Brainy being dumb about relationships is a universal constant I am happy to see having just read a particularly fun section of the Mark Wade run on Legion. I need to ignore the general consensus on comics more because these people had me convinced this run was trash by reading it. It's hella diverse and has lots of fun arcs. Nostalgia has folk giving the, giving the worst recommendations for old comics, bruv. And villain Lena has grown on me a lot. Every time she says she's not the bad guy with that indignation in her voice after having just done some ridiculous mess, I just fawn over her more. Her evil machinations face make me melt. Makes me melt. Oh, I'm fading fast. Okay. <laughs> she's so much more fun like this. And Kara being upset is so hard to watch. I just want to root for our girl to get through her, get through to her. Go ahead. I almost had the word. Shit. Anyway, I just <laughs> not <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> That's it. You blasphemer. Talking about you don't watch Doctor Who. That's the word I've been looking for. Shit. <laughs> What the hell? I don't even believe in hell. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I, I loved hating. You know what? You know what it was about season four. It's Sam Whitworth. The man can act, and he elevates shows. God damn it! Even yeah. though somebody pointed out on Twitter to me, like they were <laughs> that he is basically uh, Richard Spencer. <laughs> And how did we not call him Richard Spencer last season? We, I mean, we definitely called him a Nazi, but how do we not directly just 
Call him Richard Spencer. Richard, Spen- Richard Spencer's name is he who shall not be named. Okay. <laughs> uh, with his smug, dumb face and his dumb haircut. That white woman I'm sure I've seen somewhere before, but I can't place, was not giving me a lot of hope, but it could turn out okay. Leviathan in the comics was just recently reimagined in a cool way. So seeing this was like opening a 50s era Superman. Hopefully I'm wrong and it gets better later in the season. In conclusion, I'd never dropped Supergirl, but this season has been mess so far. Looking forward to the crossover episodes of the shows in the podcast. Felix out. Thank you, Felix. And again, and then our girl- I don't agree with you about the season overall, I do agree with very many of your points. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. <laughs> so Herosia sent in for episodes one through eight. Hey, Shannon, Shanna and the doctor. Look, I've enjoyed most of the Supergirl season so far, but it is not like last season. It's very disappointing. You know what it is? It's like, how do you top your best season? And unless you're Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's difficult to do. <laughs> Look, it really is. <laughs> and that's not, I don't think this is a bad season, but I, I, I will, in the spirit of full transparency, I have not, I watch the episodes and when I watch them, I enjoy them, but it's not like last season where I was just itching at the bit to get to the episode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's anyway. also hard because um, Watchmen comes on Sunday as, as well. And I know you're not watching it, but it is really, really, really hard for me to not <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm super excited to watch Watchmen every Sunday. So actually what I usually end up doing now is watching Supergirl Monday morning. Mm. Just so I don't see, <laughs> get them. The, you know, like sometimes you just got to put a little space in between shows. <laughs> yeah. And see, I wait until I get home from work to watch it Monday night. Yeah. They should. They need to start moving that shit around. That's part of it too. Yeah. Um, but it's not like last season. And it's very disappointing. I do not know what happened from season four to season five, but something is missing. This season is very noticeable. Sam Whitwer. I'm telling you, it's Sam. <laughs> something is missing. I don't know what it could be. Sam Whitwer. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Whitwer and John Cryer. Now that I think about it, we didn't talk about that, but and this thing we're we're gonna get to it because we got a few more things to mm-hmm. talk about. Remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain is meh. Leviathan is a great value knockoff of the dark side villains. The Alex and Kelly story. Ooh, my hot take. The, the Alex and Kelly storyline was very milk toast. <laughs> I hate you. Sorry. What? <laughs> hot take. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was leaving that to you. Cause I, I didn't know if you had words for that. <laughs> um, okay. I, I, I just think <laughs> that Kelly knew what it was when she signed up for it. So I'm just very confused <laughs> about how we ended up in your job is dangerous territory. It, the, yes, correct. And That's how we met. Not- <laughs> like, like, thank you, Captain Obvious, and love her. Uh, what- <laughs> Oh my God, this is a good point. What the hell is going on with John's storyline? I thought he was going to be the detective for the alien people. It was nice that he had an evil brother storyline, but that story wrapped way too neat for me. Same. Not enough Dreamer as a hero this season. I thought she would have been more integrated into Team Supergirl by now. I do like Lena going evil, and that has been the most well-done storyline of the season, but if the end game is not Kara and Lena eating it up together after episode eight, I'm going to write 
what? Where did that even come from, sweetheart? Really? Are are we? I are, are, are have we always been in the presence of a secret uh, fan? Yeah, I don't know what their name is. I don't know what their name is. Uh, I it was, wasn't it Supercore or something like? That? Yeah, Supercore. Yeah. Have you? Oh yeah. A, hold on. A secret Supercore fan. Like, <laughs> Hold on, because right in the next line of her email it says hashtag Team Supercourse. I could have just looked. Looking forward to the cross. Looking forward to the crossover. Have a great show. Hashtag I stand with Melissa. Okay. Do we want to jump into that now? We do. Um, so one thing that we did, <laughs> and I was very much so like we have to we we need to talk about the situation with Melissa um, this evening on the show. Um, for those of you who are not on social media or are not paying attention to what's happening with the cast outside of the show, um, basically, Melissa Benoist uh, put this video on Instagram letting people know that she is a survivor of um, domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Um, she did not, in this statement, name who the person was, Though it is speculated, given the timeline and the incidents that she talked about, that it is her ex-husband, uh, Blake, Blake Jenner, Jenner, who she was on Glee with. And on season one of Supergirl with. And on season one of Supergirl with. Um, so for, those I, of you who, for those of you who can't place his face, he played um, uh, Cat Grant's uh, son. Mm-hmm. And... I, I thought it was extremely brave. Um, I think definitely because her and Chris just got married over the summer. Um, and you can tell from just the way they talk about each other, um, the way people talk about them as a couple, that they're very much so in love. And I think the fact that that she's in that place in her life, I think allowed her to come out and talk about this openly. Um, it was it was a hard video to watch. It is because some of the things she describes, like she has permanent eye damage from what some of the shit that he did to her. Yeah. Like and like her, I think she said it ripped her iris, and like that can't ever be fixed. Yeah. So she has permanent like damage from this relationship, not just emotional damage, permanent physical damage. Yeah. And. The other thing she talked about in the video was the fact that he was very controlling and very jealous of her having uh, scenes with co-stars where they had to kiss or anything like that, which made it hard for or her dance, to go out or even roles. Or even, or even dance or talk. Yeah. I, it, she said it made it hard for her audition. It made it hard for her to be in things. Even, I think, when she talks about the incident that uh, left her with the eye damage, she said it happened during a time when she was filming something. And um, I don't know. Like, to me, it sounded like it It was like a situation where they were arguing over that. Like, her closeness or perceived closeness with a co-star or whatever. Um, it made me wonder about, you know, the whole Jimmy Carr relationship. Mm. Um, because I know, like, again, I'm, I'm, I know I'm the lone. Oh, actually, I know I'm not the lone Jimmy Carr shipper because I was <laughs> at 
I was at a convention and I ended up talking to this girl who's like a CW show super fan. And we were talking about all these different things. And she was like, I still want Jimmy and Carter to get together. And I was like, yes, girlfriend, we are soul sisters. I appreciate you. Oh my God. But anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, like I said, he was on that first season. He came in, even though it was only for a few episodes to be a love interest for her character. Um, her and Jimmy didn't even get to kiss until the end of season one. And I believe they were still together, her and her husband, when season two started. And that relationship uh, ended very quickly, which we always I, thought was weird. And can I just say that, honestly, now I know I ratted, razzed on that kiss, but I'm now wonder. If it was uh, um, like because like they had yeah. a lot of chemistry in their scenes together, but that kiss was off. Yeah. And I wonder if this was why. Yeah. So if there's no other reason to dislike this man, it's because he ruined the ship. <laughs> uh, actually, him ruining her eye. might. I'm just saying if you're a person who can't find compassion for that, there are other you- things. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to throw this out here. If you're a person who can't find a compassion for that, stop listening. Don't ever fucking listen to me again. I don't ever need your support ever again in fucking life. So I, I would just like to, I, I, you know, I was being joking a little bit, but there are, we know this, that there are some fans who get way more up in arms about their fictional shit than any real life thing. So... <laughs> I know, and you also know why I'm triggered. So, <laughs> so I, I'll just leave that there. Um, I'm, I, I'm saying it, and I'm just gonna say it. This shit is real. Fuck your, no. fuck your fictional ship. Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. I feel you. Um, but I, yeah, it made me just like go a lot of the things where we thought stuff was off or stuff stuff was weird. Um, And I think, too, what's kind of sad is I thought a lot of... Remember when she was doing a lot of those interviews around the time that Supergirl was dropping? And Mm -hmm. her character in that first season, we used to complain about it, was, like, so... Which I know was part of, like, the whole CBS thing, and they wanted it to be very uh, devil wears Prada, but with superhero capes. So she was kind of playing that like klutzy, ditzy kind of role. But Mm -hmm. she also played that up a lot in interviews where she would say like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm a huge klutz. I run into things all the time. And, you know, and, you know, I think that was part of it. She talks about like how she had to come up with a lot of excuses for being beaten, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just we stand with Melissa. It's a shame that to find out that she was going through that. Um, especially, like, I can't even imagine like you're doing interviews for a show called Supergirl. You're yeah. the main character. You are the Supergirl, and you're going through that something like that in private. Like I can't even imagine what she was going through. So. Mm-hmm. Just sending her all the love. Um, so happy she's in a better place now. And, you know. Sure. It, it all, okay. No, I, okay. Let me qualify. We used to crack jokes about her dating her co-stars. I'm not saying I want her marriage to end. So let me just clarify that. 
But if it does, girl, you date whoever the fuck you want to date. Yeah. And also, you know, I'm I'm happy she is where she is, mm-hmm. especially if that place is Chris Woods' arms, because we all know they're great. I've talked about them at length. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, it's kind of my thing about him. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'm yeah, I'm happy that she has found herself in a good place. And that, you know, and being in that place has allowed her to be open and vocal. And like she said, if her story compels just one person to, to you know, stand in their truth and to get help, that's really the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not, go to her social media, send her a heart, tell her you appreciate her. Um, we all love her. Okay. Oh, we, we did, you said we were going to go back. So, for the person who don't watch The Flash, what the fuck was that stinger with uh, okay. Wes? <laughs> okay. So, the, the Lex Luthor stinger, mm, it's fun. They had to find a way to bring him into crisis. Uh, and it's John Cryer, so I'm not going to be mad. Um Apparently, it's not like they brought the Eisenbergs back in, so, yeah. you know, I'm cool. <laughs> but apparently, like, the monitor has just been holding on <laughs> to Lex Luthor because the world needs his brain. He He's going to get a chance to be a superhero. He didn't have to. So what's funny is that, again, if you're watching Arrow and the Flash, this last episode of Arrow, when Oliver finds out that the monitor has been testing him so uh, this whole time, it's because the monitor traps him in this time loop and the whole point of him going into this loop and constantly having to relive this event is for him to realize that whatever is going to happen is inevitable and he has to accept it. He has to stop fighting against it. Mm. Um, And then similarly, the flash is having this moment of, uh, he finds out that there's a possibility he might be able to prevent his death in um, crisis. And so he has this, uh, one of those Barry moments where he's like talking to the speed force. (laughs) It's like, what do I do? Like, how can I save myself? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm like, so everybody's getting all these tests, but Lex is just sitting in a pocket universe playing chess. Is that (laughs) like, he don't have no tests. He don't have no things. He have to build up within himself before he can be ready for this crisis. Cause I just don't feel like Lex is going to turn around and be a hero out of nowhere. I don't think that's the Lex we just saw though. But that's that's what I got from that because he said I saved you for this. So I'm assuming that's the Lex that Lena shot. Mm. Mm. And I'm just like I just don't understand where Lex Luther, who has not had some sort of come to Jesus moment, is gonna all of a sudden. And I get that he always in his mind has been the hero. But is he actually going to be the hero? So that'll be interesting. Of course not. And I feel like it's a thing where, see, if you watch Doctor Who, you get this reference. But I know um, (laughs) Felix will. It's a Clara moment where he's caught in the moment between his life and his death. 
And at once, I feel like once this is done, he'll pass over. He'll go on to pass away the way he was supposed to. I hope so, because I hope we don't expect Lex Luthor to all of a sudden become the good guy and decide, like, that's that's it. He's good. I'm like, well, no, it was never about that. But then you heard that they were shopping around Tyler Hoechlin as a as Superman for the CW, right? Mm-hmm. For the show, so. Which I'm, I would be excited about that. I'm also excited about this Canary spinoff because I like what they're doing with Laurel and with um, Oliver's daughter and all this other stuff on Arrow. Um, is, it, is, it, is it Laurel Lance? No, it's the Black Canary Laurel, but they've, you know, she's had an arc of like redemption. So now she's like gone from villain to hero. Um, oh, so when it can't act is what you're telling No, she's great. Kay Cassidy has been killing it as Black Canary for like the past two seasons on Arrow. Um, so it is a woman act. Again, Katie Cassidy <laughs> has been killing it. You have not watched Arrow in season, so I'm actually not like your opinion doesn't matter to me, just so you know. You haven't watched the show in seasons. So no, it doesn't matter to me. Um and also uh Yes, the Canary Show. I I'm waiting for Crisis to really see if I think we we need a whole Superman show because I also continue to not quite be in love with the Batwoman show. I like certain elements of it. It's one of those situations, like the Black Widow situation, where they have surrounded her with a bunch of people I really enjoy. <laughs> but okay, so time out. That's why you got sick. You still watching that damn show. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I actually am like two weeks behind. Your body is trying to warn you. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) So about the stinger that we saw. um, What's his name? This is the latest Wells. I can't remember what earth he's from. But basically he's like, he's like some sort of like Indiana Jones Wells. Where... Direct shit because that's what Indiana Jones do. He tears it up. Well, I think he's. I can't remember if they've explicitly said it or not, but he's definitely from a Earth where something has happened. I'm assuming it's an Earth where like the anti monitor or the monitor was there and something major happened, and he's been searching for the monitor. And so that was what we saw was him finding that he found it on Earth One this place where the monitor has been and he's been trying to crack into it for like the past couple episodes, which he finally did. Um, so I'm sure that's just a setup for whatever is happening in crisis. Um, we don't know what the mystery is yet that he's found. Mm. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I think what would be interesting because even though, They've said it, kind of, that it's the anti-monitor. We haven't actually seen the anti-monitor. We've only seen the monitor. So it'd be actually interesting if in his attempt to find the monitor, he actually is the person who unleashes the anti-monitor. Uh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> do, you, do you know about, like, the, the whole crisis thing in terms of, like... I do. I, I just... I just... I just don't want to watch these shows to figure out what the fuck is going on. You don't need to. I I think that was why they showed that, because I'm assuming whatever happens in this first episode is going to open with that. Okay. Um, Okay. 
in in next week's episode of Supergirl. But I'm I'm what I think would be interesting as a story is like he's been looking for the monitor. That's how he came to Earth One in this season. Like it wasn't a a whole thing on the Flash where like each season they try and find a different Wells. This season he just showed up. Hmm. So it would be interesting if in his attempts to find the monitor, he's actually the one that causes all causes all the shit to start. Um, because that would just be a very Wells thing to do. <laughs> like think you know everything and actually kick off the the bullshit. <laughs> Okay, we have one last piece of feedback from Amani on the Facebook page. Hi, <laughs> um, oh, and we have a breaking news story, but go ahead. Ooh, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, breaking news. Um, Amani, now that we're through, I think it's fair to see the pre-crisis stuff ended up feeling like the first half of a Sailor Moon season before they get to the actual plot. <laughs> It's enjoyable enough and the wheels are set in motion, but it was more of an appetizer than a main course. If they only have film Lamar for eight episodes, they really could have saved Leviathan for the second half and spent time letting John and Malefic's story come to a more natural conclusion. I feel you. I feel like they only have Phil Lamar money for what, three episodes? That was really, really like they had him for eight, but he was really only a voice. <laughs> so. I think they only had like Phil Lamar is able to actually physically be here money <laughs> for three episodes. <laughs> um, instead, we got old man Aang out here embarrassing himself <laughs> and Andrea wearing Rain's hand me down costume without the cape. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm that LeBron gift right now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Y'all are rude as shit. Y'all ain't shit. (laughs) Y'all. Not us. (laughs) Hopefully they'll remember Nia exists and figure out whether they want Brainy to be uninhibited or back to normal from one episode to the next. That's a valid criticism. All that said, I'm looking forward to where we go from here. Alex laid out the case for Lena still being a villain, even if she doesn't kill. But I liked how they showed she still needs people with her hesitance to let go, to let Eve go and lose someone else she depended on. Although that flip <laughs> to the white woman tears and making her take the fall was chef's kiss. <laughs> Can we also talk about the fact that basically I was just waiting for uh, Alex to finish her statement with I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> This is the way. (laughs) This is the way. (laughs) Uh, Amani says, thanks for all the great reviews so far this year and hope both of y'all get some rest and can recover. I mean, (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Somewhat. (laughs) For our breaking news... Former Green Arrow from Smallville. Current Kevin on This Is Us, Justin Hartley. <laughs> Justin Hartley's estranged wife, Chriselle, breaks social media silence after divorce filing with cryptic quote. Oh, okay. So first of all, I thought you were going to say that Justin Hartley was going to be on the crossover and I was about to <laughs> lose my shit. <laughs> but this is actually better. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you celebrate the destruction of a happy home. Princess oh was happy. They got married like a year and a half ago. Okay, I'm getting to that. It's Chriselle <laughs> Hartley sending a message. She broke her social media silence for the first time since her husband, Justin Hartley, filed divorce paperwork in late November. He just filed the papers last Late week. November? I'm like, they, they said it like he like she breaks her social media silence after he like filed papers three months ago. He did that shit a week ago. <laughs> Maybe she took a week so y'all could get out her business. <laughs> the 38-year-old actress posted a quote from author Nishan Panwar, which said, it's hard to watch people change right in front of you, but it's even harder remembering who they used to be. Friends were shocked by the fact that Justin filed for divorce from Chriselle. The pair got married in October of 2017 with his This Is Us co-stars in attendance. So she so, has yeah. this show on Netflix that I actually really like. It's one of those um, reality shows where she is a real estate realtor to like these like huge multi-million dollar properties and it's like all these like women realtors who are like look like models who like are selling these houses and I'm like oh yeah definitely to like rich men who clearly only (laughs) work with these women because they're hot um but um that was like the big thing was number one he was never on the show and two um like, you know, she she was the the new girl in the mm-hmm. in the thing trying to like build up her own name and her own brand because I think she used to be an actress and her acting career hasn't taken off. So she went back to realty because that was something that she was doing before she started acting. Um so I just find it very interesting because I've been waiting for season two of that show to drop. Um, and it has not. And I was like, maybe is she not on it? Because she was really the only name person that people knew because she was Justin Hartley's wife. Um, so I was like, oh, does something happen? Like, what's going on over there? Um, this so is yeah, so apparently something happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is and apparently I did not know that he had dumped his last wife to get with her. Yes. And so that was the other thing was for the longest time he was with um, the girl who played his love interest on Passion. So I, this is the only reason I know this much about his love life is because I used to love their couple on Passions. Um, and for the longest time they were together, they had like, I think, two kids maybe before mm-hmm. uh, they got divorced. So I was really surprised when I heard that he had divorced her because I was like, they, they've been together since, you know, Passions days. They're like the Haley and Mateo, like kind of situation, like Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelo. So I just didn't. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Good news. <laughs> I mean, like, not good news for them. I just mean, like, cool breaking news that just happened. I feel, like, very excited that we broke that story. <laughs> like, like we're at uh, Entertainment Tonight or something. We broke this story. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Exciting. You don't have no time to be on crisis. Okay, they already filmed it. Let it go. <laughs> he got shit. He got to handle it home. <laughs> it it would have been a great. <laughs> it would have been a great guest star, though. Okay. Um. Yes. So we will be back after the first three episodes of the crossover air. Um. So we will talk to y'all next week. Um. Everyone, keep your fingers crossed that like. 
Supergirl doesn't just get lost in the shuffle um, during this crossover, but I'm sure whatever they have planned, it's going to be great just between the guest stars, between um, everything that they've been building on Flash and Arrow. I'm very excited to see how this all comes together. So, yep, can't wait. Anything else? No, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. All right.